0: Good afternoon good morning or good evening and welcome to the American Age podcast Today I'm talking to Stephen Fulwood Stephen how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing Travis uh,
0: we're pretty good uh, so we, we were uh, we chose from a few different topics today and what we landed on was something a bit more personal which I appreciated that Stephen went in that direction um, the question is uh, you know our so I'm 44. I'm going to be 45 in uh, about a month mm-hmm. and Stephen how old are you I'm 52. Okay, so Stephen's 52, so a little bit older than I am, but mm. but kind of in that age bracket, right? We are firmly middle-aged. Like, we are not, Whoa. there is no, you know, when you're 33 or 32, you can kind of play some nonsense and say, like, well, I'm st- <laughs> I'm not quite middle-aged. But, but so we are both firmly uh, middle-aged. Um, and I think probably, I mean, we'll get into this in the conversation, but probably both of us have fairly unconventional paths to, you know, uh-huh. this podcast on Monday afternoon. Um, but the the question that I posed was, how does our each of our lives look to us uh, in middle age from the point of view of what we would have thought our lives looked like in our 20s? Like where, wow. you know, when I was 20-something, what did I think... I was going to be doing. Where was I going to be at? And I mostly, uh, when I when I suggested the question, I actually po- I I meant it genuinely as a question because I was curious what Stephen and Seth would feel about that. Sort of where they were at. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a. I don't. I didn't and I don't have a set. Um, so my thoughts, but i don't have a set answer uh, for mm-hmm. that for myself, so Stephen, um, why don't you sort of let some of those storytelling chops go, and, and why don't you tell us uh, what, what does your life look like now north of well north of forty actually?
1: well, when you suggested it, like you, i didn't have any firm answer, and I dug a little bit, you know dug a little bit i'm fifty two so to reiterate, and I think I started thinking about it's interesting that At this age, for the last week or so, I've been pulling out a lot of old writing for some reason.
0: And I've been reading
1: it before.
0: Just coincidentally?
1: Just coincidentally. And what I'm trying to do is not go to sleep with a computer in my face. So
0: I need something (laughs) to read.
1: And so I'm thinking, well, not coincidentally, in terms of my upcoming, I'm taking my father to his family reunion in Menden, Louisiana. So for some reason, I've been re- writing, thinking about him and thinking about growing up. And so the writing's been helping me kind of think about what I was obviously thinking about, what I was concerned with and, and all that. So when I got the question, I was like, oh, OK, that's I didn't immediately make the connection until just like mm. a moment ago. <laughs> and um, I'll say that I think at around 16, I was a really dramatic teen. I was mm. very much... Um, your usual pockmarked (laughs) raging hormones, Mm -hmm. Um, leave me alone, leave me alone kind of guy. And (laughs) I remember feeling, doing the math, because I guess a relative or someone had just turned 50, and I did the math and I was like, I was born in 1966, and so in 2016, I'll be 50. I just can't conceive it. I could not Mm -hmm. conceive what I'd look like, what I was doing. And I'll be honest with you, I was just... It was just very vague to me. I initially wanted to be a singer, a songwriter, a musician. I didn't have the talent, the sweat, none of it to really kind of pull it off. And I remember just thinking I didn't want to go to college. I didn't, couldn't see myself getting married, having kids. And, and mm-hmm. oddly enough, a lot of that did happen. <laughs> um, um, by the age of 20, I was raising my godson and I was in school Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, and shortly after that, I had a succession of jobs and then moved to New York City and started working at the Schaumburg. The thing I was thinking about, though, was there was a lot of fog and howling for me. It was like mm-hmm. being in a scary movie in the 80s where you see the fog and you hear the terrible music mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the howling in the background. I was like, what could this thing be like? What could this thing called life for me feel like? Because I didn't want to do so many things. Mm-hmm. I was just turned off, completely turned off, and the twenties did you mm-hmm. did you
0: have did you have uh so there's so many things you didn't want to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, did you have any sense of what you did want to do
1: other than being a singer songwriter that was it, and then eventually I started <laughs> writing, and that's, right. that took over, and I started early on when I was in high school, I was training to be a graphic artist and got really turned mm. off by the idea that i could be help that I could help make a commercial for someone when I felt like no one needs to be convinced to buy anything, Ooh. either they need it or they don't. Mm. And I couldn't produce art on demand either. So I just couldn't mm. sit there and go, you draw this. And I was like, no, I'm not inspired. So no. So, mm-hmm. so it was a bunch of, a bunch of all that. And it was just noisy. And so I was curious about your upbringing because I grew up in the North and you grew up in the South. And I was wondering how different they were. We're not that, you know, far in age, you know,
0: and yeah. So I mm-hmm. didn't. My dad grew up in the South. I um I grew up in Southern California, um, which though I suppose technically is in the southern portion of the United States, but definitely is not the South in the sort of traditional sense of the word. No, no, um, you're right. <laughs> so we we wear our racism very differently in Southern California than they, than they do in the South. <laughs> that's so, so special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> um, So uh, yeah, for me. Um, I, when I was a kid, uh, I had very, uh, I was an only child. Um, mm-hmm. And I had very grandiose notions of what I wanted to be or do when I grew up, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, president of the United States, things like this. Wow, okay, okay. Um, and so, you know, th- that didn't last very, it didn't last into high school. and okay. I, I, I um I became... Uh, very involved in role playing games and you know one of the few one of the few mm-hmm. things that hipsters have not made cool right so <laughs> i mean hipster, hipsters have made just about every 1980s pastime cool, whether it's comic books, whether it's, like, weird super fringe music. Vintage uh, clothing. Vintage clothing, for sure. Um, Vegetarianism,
1: veganism. uh,
0: Like, records, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, but but definitely not playing Dungeons and Dragons. So, <laughs> no, that's, that's yeah. no, so, Too much work. There. So, and so that has not, yeah. yeah, that has not been rehabilitated, and uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, the, the one shot I thought maybe Stranger Things had a had a had a shot at maybe rehabilitating Dungeons and Dragons a little bit because um, you know the kids <laughs> at the beginning. Right. But no, I, I agree. I'm with you. So, so I. I I am a definitely an unreconstituted nerd, uh, from, you know, when I was a kid, when I was uh, a teenager, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, one of the things that I have never really done much of Mm -hmm. is tell stories about myself to myself. Okay. Um, now, I'm not saying I'm not making up stories throughout the day about whatever event happens or I'm trying to right. interpret this or that or the other thing. Um, but I remember, uh, you know, I, one of the reasons that prompted the question, I remember reading several years ago, I was very – I was just starting uh, my PhD and so – um, I was very into this, I was kind of planning out my dissertation, I was very into this idea of kind of the the human impulse to tell stories, right? Which is okay. pretty, it, which is basically culturally universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I also thought that it was individually universal as well. Like I just, if you had asked me at that time, I would have said, oh, yeah, you know, everyone makes up stories about their right. lives to themselves. Well, I read this story from this uh, one neuroscientist, I forget, uh, the guy's name. I should have looked it up before the podcast, but I didn't even know I was going to end up talking about it, but I'll mm-hmm. put it in the notes for the for the episode. Okay. He talks about the fact that um, there are people that don't uh, narrativize their lives and tend to have more episodic me- um, episodic memories. So they they don't walk around telling stories about themselves to themselves. Wow. It's more of just sort of again episodes right sort of right, this right. this happens this happens you know kind of the sort of one damn thing after another kind of cliche wow and i realized when i read that i was like holy shit that's <laughs> me i don't I don't. As much as I value stories, as much as I love stories, as much as I mm-hmm. read and have written stories, and pay attention to other people's stories, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if you and I were to sit down and like right now, where I'm, I'm now ad hoc coming up with a story about not having a story. So, right, but but, but the sort of larger narrative about my life. Um, I don't I don't tell myself which means I'm terrible at dates for example now not mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. not dates as in like you know uh you know the the second temple was ba- was leveled in 576 BCE right, I mean like right, right. my own dates like if you were to say oh when did that happen Travis I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you if that happened to me when I was 32 or 38 right I'm just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't I don't place things in a timeline like that that's so um,
1: interesting. I'm curious about, so how do you, you pay attention to people's other, other people's stories. So you've talked a little bit about your father on the podcast and some of the things that, you know, that, how he influenced you and the kind of quality of person he is. So how, do, how does your, I, I, I listen to your stories about your father and I insert you in those stories. But, but I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out how, how one doesn't narrate their own life.
0: I don't know. That I don't know. I'm not know i am not it, i it, it's honestly it's it's fascinating to me too because I again, I mean, even as I'm telling you this, I wonder I go I sit there and go like, "Oh, I wonder if subconsciously I tell stories to myself and then I just mm-hmm. don't I just don't uh, let those pass through the filter into my conscious uh, mind, which of course is possible, right? I mean, we can never entirely rule out subconscious motivations for anything, which mm-hmm. is one of the strengths and weaknesses of that as an explanation, right? Because you can you can never falsify it. So, right. so I, you know, so I am, of course, open to that. And I and I definitely know that events have shaped who I am. You know, mm-hmm. like a, a pretty good example is um, we grew up... Uh, my parents, when I was young, we were very poor. I mean, very, mm-hmm. like just no money, Mm -hmm. um, like for shoes and things like that. And, um, and and I know that my self-consciousness around making and, or not having money is directly connected to that upbringing. So, you know, like my, my ability to, or my, my inclination ability is the wrong word. My inclination to, um, uh, to be self-conscious about to not wanting to let on like if i sit down at an expensive restaurant that i'm taken aback by the prices or something like that
1: right um, so it's like a class sort of yo yeah, oh, yeah 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 consciousness. for sure yes yeah. for
0: sure absolutely so so i see that i i've known that for for several years um i mean more than several i've known that for a long time i see it working you know i i'm i'm an older man now like i can Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I have a handle on that, right? Like I can, I can, I can, it doesn't rule me, but Mm -hmm. it definitely influences me. Uh, And, and, and even to the point where I had, when, uh, when I first, when I met you and when I came out to New York, uh, whatever, however many months ago. So there's, there's my lack of memory. I don't remember how many months ago Uh I came out to see you and Seth. Mm Um, like I really just, it could have been a year ago. I know it wasn't because I can think of other events that have happened. But it was
1: late two thousand seventeen, yeah, uh, uh, so, I how cold it was. You yeah, know, how, had, get, how I had to get to you guys, or early two thousand eighteen,
0: maybe. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> so, and I got the... I, I don't know if you remember. I got I got that stupid haircut. Like I went to. I had. I need to get my haircut. It was like. Uh, It was like, I don't know, like $150 or some insane amount of money. And of course, I didn't like, I I was completely expressionless as I was being (laughs) told the price of the haircut. And (laughs) so that was that, that was that like, when in reality, I should have been pissed that I was paying this much for a stupid haircut. Did (laughs) you like the haircut? No, it was fine. It was it was definitely okay. not a hundred and fifty dollar haircut. Gotcha. I mean, I that haircut better make me look like George Clooney or something for that gotcha. much money. So, wow, wow. So, <laughs>
1: so I don't so remember the, the haircut. So that's so interesting. You, uh, did you mention it to us during? I did. That? Okay, yeah, I did. I did. Okay.
0: You, you, we had a conversation about, it, but it, it does. So this is what I mean. So this is where where my memory does kick in. Like I really, um, the episodes, you know, got it. I, like I remember, so I remember, for example, your godson is an artist, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and something that you're very proud of. And, oh, yeah. okay. um, and, and, uh, I remember the, you know, the conversation at dinner that night about, um, how you, we were talking about c- sort of, uh, structural racism. And you mentioned how, um, you yourself have not, uh, had a clear event that, that uh, demonstrated to you that you were being like racially profiled, like by the cops, but that you have relatives that you that have gone through this experience. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: So, and- so, so I like I'm on, when I hear other people tell me their stories, I am on it. I hear it. I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm connected to it. I'm I'm processing it. Uh, but as an ongoing narration for myself, I, for my life, I don't I don't really do it. That's so interesting. So, do you journal? Uh, I used to a lot when I was younger.
1: Okay. Do you feel like your storytelling has changed since that time? Because writing things down helps you reinforce memory. It helps you reinforce the experience. Uh,
0: yeah. You know, that's interesting. I I, I tried to pick up journaling again. Um, Maybe um, again, I, I, this would be my bad with dates thing. But <laughs> let's say, with, let's say within the last, certainly north of forty. Okay, I tried to pick up. You know, I journaled for for I don't know, a couple weeks in a row, several days in a row, however long it was. Mm-hmm. I, I just was so uh, I was uh, not interested in my own like sort of whinging about my life and, and, mm-hmm. and whatever, like, I wanted to accomplish or do or feel or see. Um, okay. It, uh, now, that doesn't mean that writing doesn't do something for me. It very much does. But mm-hmm. um, I don't... Um, I didn't have a lot of patience for me telling stories to myself. About S- myself.
1: That is so interesting because it feels so... What, what, what I, while you were talking... You were making me think through this idea of holding, holding what I what I've mentioned to other people is like I hold your story, and Mm. roughly translated, I said that I'm listening to you, and that when you come back to me, I can not only remember what you said, but I've done some thinking about it. I remember the conversations Mm -hmm. we've had. I may have done some extra thinking about it to bring it back to you and say, you know, you trust me with your story. You tell me personal things, and I have friends like that. So we hold each other's Mm. stories you know in a in a safe space where we mm-hmm. can kind of come back and share and so because i'm surrounded by narrative mm. and because i've built a life in journaling and writing um you know reviews whether they were um uh critiques of film, music or um literature like mm. a lot of that for me is it's it's hard to do without and mm. so i've been journaling since 1984 And consistent,
0: consistently, not
1: consistently. I stopped. So I stopped. I think in the the nineties, but then it went into poetry. It went into different kinds of chapbooks. So it was a different kind of journaling. Mm -hmm. And now everything is digital. So I PDF it, you know, that month Mm. and Mm -hmm. put it all together for the year. But I noticed that I'm always scribbling down something. I have a notebook right now that I keep all the American age notes in, things I want to discuss mm-hmm. with you guys or things that you might have said to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about you wanting to be um, the president of the United States when you were younger, I say, oh, what caused that? What was that? What was the president that made you think that? Or was it a president at all? You, or was it something you just kind of carried around and said, oh, I want to be president of the United States? So that's a question I actually have for you right now.
0: That's a great question. Um, so the f- I, I have some dim memories of Carter, um, mm-hmm. not strong ones, but I do I do have some memories of Carter. Okay. Um, but probably in my sort of youngest formative years, it would have been Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Um, you know, I, when I was young, I had my parents' politics, as is common, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents are uh, well. My parents are. Uh, so sort of not socially conservative, but certainly ideologically conservative in, the, in their in their belonging to the Republican Party. Although okay. that's not really true. That's not really true of my dad anymore. The Trump presidency has kind of broken <laughs> him a little bit. So wow, wow. he. Uh, I wouldn't be is, surprised if
1: that was the case for a lot of other republicans as well.
0: Yeah, he's it's just too far for him. He can't uh, he can't really get it's behind a bridge it. It's too far. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's not true for my mom. Um unfortunately, mm-hmm. which leads to lots of, you know, family arguments, but 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 I love my mom so it's fine. It, you know, I can mm-hmm. I don't we don't have to be on the same side of that stuff. Um I don't know to me when I think back on um when I think back on that Phase of being a kid and want to be president or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably came down to like I felt like I had something to say and other people should listen to it. I mean, doesn't <laughs> that? I mean, it's just really just egotism, right? I mean, there's not. I don't,
1: well, or maybe self assurance in, in the sense that I mean, you're young, of course, and you don't have those skill sets, but right, but self affirmation. is a, it's a form of self affirmation for me as well. It could just uh, be ego, but I think you feel like you have something worthy of. People listening to, I think that's interesting. You know, I wouldn't yeah. automatically call it ego. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. I,
0: I I appreciate that. The thing that I, I in where we would have had just like, sort of like radically different experiences, and and what is often fascinating to me in relation to my my friendships um, uh-huh. that are uh, not. Entirely circumstantial, right? So you have circumstantial friendships in that you work with people, you live near people, you grew up with them, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of uh, what I would call intellectual or uh, friendships that are uh, organized around principles, ideas, and things like that. So okay. I am uh, I-, I am often um, surprised. I mean, by by any measure, other than perhaps the poor one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I should be uh pretty unreflective about society and my place right so the mm-hmm, the idea mm-hmm. when you when you are a white male at the center of a society you are not incentivized to doubt the power structures that you are True. born into. Like, w- why oh, do you? Maybe, <laughs> maybe metal music,
1: maybe that moment. <laughs> right, <laughs> maybe right, those right, kinds right. Of things. Maybe hip hop. Right. Kinda. Yeah, but but you're right. But you're completely right. And you, I mean, ev- yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I was just going to say, everything about how the world is set up for you is set up for you. Now that maybe that's shifting and changing, and we're questioning that in a and more also, serious yeah, way.
1: And it's definitely a generalization because there are men and women, white folks who who constantly are thinking about these things so if' we yes. younger whether it was economic yeah. or being born out of a particular kind of white dynamic right? right right right
0: yeah yeah it it definitely happens but it's it is if you do not fit into that stereotype as you do not fit into that stereotype mm-hmm. you are constantly like sort of thinking outside the box and sort of thinking about yourself as a creative, wanting to do something creative, so being a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is in some ways a survival mechanism, right? It's like, how, how are you creating a space for yourself in a world that has not really set up spaces for you to live in? So, um, wow. Go okay. ahead.
1: And so I'm thinking about your president comment, <laughs> wanting to be president. As a kid, I just thought I had something to say all the time. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure my ego was working over time. <laughs> unlike you, I'm one of five, and I'm number three, two above me, two below me. And I was always running my mouth. I mean, it was the one thing I was constantly getting in trouble um, right. at school was that Stephen won't be quiet. He's a lot of potential, but he's always talking. Mm. And earlier on, <laughs> I wanted to say about this whole journaling thing, to get back to that briefly, is that knowing you for the brief time that I have, you're, you think on your feet very well. Um, and I'm surrounded by people like you who mm. are really incredible thinkers. I need to write to think, to mm. examine, to pull apart, to really say, Do I really believe that? Mm. I said this to Travis earlier, blah blah blah, but do I really believe that? And so that's one of the spaces I go to to think and actually make that space for myself to think, mm. um, mm. all the time. Like it when I don't write, I feel something's wrong if I'm not carrying a notebook. Somewhere in my bag or in my pocket, I feel naked. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like it's a, it's an it's an appendage that I mm-hmm. really rely on to to go to those spaces to think larger to expand my consciousness and to um, to write down those things that I find really fascinating. So those things sometimes make it into the journal or they make it into some kind of writing. But I love having those journals. They're very. true. That would be the one thing I'd save other than my parent my, my photographs of my um, family. If there were a fire, everything else can go up in smoke. Mm. That would just
0: be the so, I have I've said so two questions about that. One is pretty close to our stated topic. The other is just curiosity.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I'll I'll go with the curiosity first, and then I'll give you the that's closer to the stated topic. Curiosity is what? Do, how do you process your notebooks once you're? So if you're always carrying a notebook with you, how do you metabolize them mm-hmm. um, so that you can incorporate them into the work? Do you look at them again later? Do you formalize them in some sense um second question is Mm -hmm. do you feel like that process of constantly writing to think through things led you in a faithful way through your 30s and 40s to get to where you are now
1: oh great from
0: from uh, from where you were
1: i'll start with the second one um because it's easy absolutely Mm. Absolutely And it does fit in with the How do I metabolize Or utilize the notebooks Because I'm in a constant state Of thinking about Or using memory As a way to Well how can I Let me see if I can Restate that Or rephrase it I'm, I'm interested in narrative I'm interested in my own narrative I'm interested in the narrative Of my family members My friends mm. I write yeah. about my friends I write about people That I don't know That I might have met At the library Or somewhere else Because I go that's an interesting person to me, mm-hmm. and so, and I was also turned off by the idea very early on that someone needed the world needed to think you were important before mm. they would write about you or or do a mm. film about you, and that's just like you know the old adage I know I'm going to get it wrong, but it's something to the effect that there are no boring um there, there are no boring people they're just boring writing there's boring writing yeah,
0: right 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 yeah something everyone like has an interesting story, yeah <laughs> I know I know the, I know what you're talking about
1: yeah, i mean I'm the kind of person who I think because of the service industry that i worked in as a librarian, people constantly ask me questions whether I'm at the library or not. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I'm in the store that just, just today I'm in the store, I'm on the phone and this guy is asking me, do, do you work here? And I go, no. And then he proceeds to ask me the question anyway. <laughs> and then I get off the phone and I say, can you open for a second? But I don't mind it because I'm like, I like helping people.
0: <laughs> right, right, And
1: right. And so, and I also feel like it connects me to community in ways that a lot of other people feel isolated. I don't feel isolated. I feel very mm-hmm. um, firmly and largely, mostly in most circles that I travel in. Um, mm-hmm. Even when it's not my circle, sometimes I'm still comfortable, relatively comfortable. That I can mm-hmm. talk to anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think I've used my notebooks to write poetry books, to to um, process. Excuse me, to um, edit anthologies for ideas. Um, jokes that I thought were really hilarious, I just couldn't do anything with, and go back to them and go, ah, I think I could do something with this now. So, as I mentioned earlier, um, now my journals are elect- electronic, so I PDF them, and sometimes I go back to a particular day and say, what was I thinking? You know, as a mm. sort of oracle kind of mm. thing, because I'm the hippie. I'm the hippie, as mm. I mentioned earlier. <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> I enjoy that guy. I enjoy the person I was and the person I'm going to be. And so, a lot of the writing works for me in that way so it's 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 definitely it's definitely helped me become a better person and a much more um much more of a visionary in terms of what i think my life could be like at 60 or 70 you know sure, yeah. you know you, you sit down and you go i don't want this habit anymore <laughs> what do i need to do not to have this habit of eating and then just falling out <laughs> and going to sleep i like to right. you get up and you walk around you know or you read a book before you go to sleep and that kind of thing. So my writing has helped me out. It's been amazing. It's been really a blessing.
0: Would uh, what would your twenty-year-old, twenty, you know, whatever, uh, year old self think of where you're at right now? Okay,
1: you answer that first. I'll
0: just listen um, to
1: you. Yeah, I'll, I'll double back. Uh,
0: so I, I would say that my twenty-something-year-old self would be uh pleased with where I am now, but would have been uh woefully disappointed with where I was three or four years ago.
1: Wow, okay, okay. You can't indulge. You can't <laughs> devil, yeah, yeah you can so indulge I, me.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So I mean I, I'll I'll try and be brief so I can let you have the last word because we're coming up to the time. But okay. um for me uh I take a I've mentioned this to you before in private conversation not really on the podcast but uh, it takes a really 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 long time for me for things to incubate for me and mm-hmm. so I will make lots of uh, public gestures or you know sort of private resolutions to to move in a particular direction mm-hmm. um, and it takes you know from the point of time that I do that it might things those things might not come to fruition for several years several months but um, and I was deep in a cocoon uh, three or four years ago
1: okay
0: I mean going okay. back to do the PhD was uh, uh, was tough for me I mean as for I don't mean tough I mean in the sense of uh, like how am I gonna eat tough I mean tough in the sense of my pride uh, and uh, kind of being in a classroom again um, and needing to sort of put myself at, at the the foot of Socrates, uh-huh. you know, in that sort of way. That was hard for me. Um, okay. And, uh, but I feel pretty good about where uh, where I am right now. And I'm pretty sure that my 20-year-old self, uh, even though he was a fucking idiot, I think probably <laughs> would have, <laughs> I think would feel pretty good about where, where I am now.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's good. That's good.
0: Um, how, how about you?
1: Well, well, similarly in a way that, um, so I wrote some of the worst poetry that, have ever read in my life because I was <laughs> I was trying to come up trying to come out of the closet to myself and it took a minute to do that and so I was constantly using them or changing up the gender and just not mm. really owning my own mm. you know desire you know so mm-hmm. it took a moment to do that but I think the twenty year old would really like the fifty two year old he might he may have said he might have um, questioned me and said well why didn't you go full out get a PhD or write more philosophy books or or travel more and all that but I mean suffice to say I think he'd be in, be okay with it but he he would also say you should have just played piano you just should have chose one thing <laughs> right, <laughs> and, I, right. and I go but you know we have <laughs> omnidirectional sensibilities we just don't do that <laughs> so yeah. we sit there and laugh and joke and stuff but yeah I think he'd be okay with me I'm okay with him <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right Stephen well thank you very much for the conversation it was uh, it was fun it I was. appreciate yeah. it right, take care take care